me pray for us. God, thank you for today. Thank you for these, uh, these faithful people here in this room. Thank you for them, what they've meant to me and my family over the last few months. And I can't wait to know what they mean to me here in the future and, uh, and the, the relationships we'll get to build. So, Father, as we, uh, as, we, as we dig deeper into your word this morning, I pray that you would guide us and, and you would allow us to have great discussion. And as always, that as we learn more, that our hearts would grow bigger and more affectionate for you. Uh, so we pray for all these things that you've, uh, you've brought to our, our minds, all these prayer requests and all these victories that we've talked about and all the, all the great things that we get to celebrate. And we thank you for those. And we just ask that you would be with, with those who need your help. So uh, would you allow us to be your hands and feet and show us ways to minister to our, our people, God. We love you. We're so thankful for what you've given us in Jesus and the new life that we have, even in the midst of our rebellion, our hostility towards you. You loved us. So, God, we love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. There he is. The heat. All right. Exodus 31. Uh, work and rest. Yeah, the rest part's fun. Yeah. Any uh, any big takeaways? It's a shorter sermon, you know, not, not as not as much going on there, but still really good for me to to walk there and to to think through. So. Sure. We discussed this some weeks ago in our uh, Sunday school class when we talk about remembering the Sabbath day and holy. When I was growing up, that means you don't do a lot of things on yeah. the Sabbath day. I mean, not even playful things. You couldn't go swimming, you couldn't play basketball, all those things. And so we, we evolved into the question of do you do laundry, do you mow the grass, do you do all those things, or are those things forbidden? as we honor the Sabbath. Mm. And there were, you know, there were different opinions about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good question. Great. Well, Mom said, you know, if you're honest, <laughs> it's in the dish, you got to do that. That's an exception in there, too. Huh? There's an exception. That's exactly what she's referring to, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah so. Sometimes you just got to do stuff, I think, that we, you know, yeah. we don't want to do. It's not very restful for you when I got to get up, you got to be prepared, you got to go, you got to preach, 
Well, the, or restful, yeah. but you don't. So if you're the, work on Sunday, maybe Wednesday is your Sabbath. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think we need to one-to-one one compare the Old Testament day of rest with New Testament day of worship. Right. So, Say that again. I don't, think our, uh, I don't think we have to do a one-to-one one correlation between the Old Testament Sabbath day of rest and the New Testament day of worship. Uh, That's yeah. I, I agree with Jay. I think the Lord yeah. intentionally told us that we need to rest. I do believe that the heart behind the Sabbath is still something that we should hold to very dearly. That we remember, we stop and we cease work knowing that God's going to provide everything we need. Um, but even in, in a much fuller sense, we uh, we stop our own efforts to achieve righteousness because of the work that Jesus has done. That we can have Sabbath rest truly in Jesus because of what He's done in His life. And I think we can go so far as like the Pharisees too, made it so difficult that mm-hmm. they couldn't even observe the day because they yeah. made all these laws. Yeah. It's a balance, and humans have a problem with balance. <laughs> we do, and that's that's partly why some of the application I had was to just for us to ask questions, to be able to look at the pattern of our work, and say, okay, am I have I been taking a lot of extra shifts lately, and is it is it so that I can build myself my own kingdom of comfort, or am I trusting in the Lord? to provide what I need. Yeah. And that looks different for different people in different stages of life, so. Well, and also I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to point back to creation, remembering God is the creator of everything. And he, you know, it wasn't because he was tired and he rested on the Sabbath, you know, it went worn out. And so we need to, I think, I think that's part of it. The in right so in the in the context of this chapter, God is telling Moses, "Hey, tell the people, remember to keep the Sabbath holy, even in the midst of building the tabernacle." So, so they're gonna hopefully they see the building of the tabernacle as utmost importance, and that that's it's gonna be the place where God's gonna dwell, but. To, to forgo the Sabbath in order to get the tabernacle built is not the plan of God. Um, so keep it holy, meaning set it apart, 
don't treat it like the other days. Um, so. Yeah, you know, rest is good. Um, it's a good thing. And this reminds me of what Jesus said when, when he's accused of breaking the Sabbath and his disciples, right? Well, one, he says that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. So, but again, he also says, who is the Sabbath faithful? Is it man for the Sabbath or Sabbath for man? So it's like the Sabbath is a gift. Mm. Yeah. 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 Remember. Yeah. So. So the building of the tabernacle was a good thing, but the day of rest was the best thing. As as it was shown to man in creation, that it's a, a pattern and a model set out for us. Yeah. You think like you know bringing up the Charlotte like. Like the people, probably got into the. I mean, the same thing was happening with the temple, right? You know, the Sabbath command still continued on even in the building of the temple. But they're like, hey, we're doing good work here. Like, we're building a tabernacle for God. We're building a temple for God. Like, look at all the work. We can't take a break, guys. Like, look, this is awesome. Like, we. Yeah. Like, the, just because the work is good doesn't mean that it negates the other thing to rest. Yeah. There is no situation where disobedience is, is allowed. Mm-hmm. Even in the best things. The things that are really good. But if you go to this whole structure for the worship of God, right, on the day of rest, then certainly the day of rest is important. You have a whole day, a whole structure dedicated mm-hmm. to how to Uh, yeah. This is before the disobedience. Mm-hmm. Or they're giving the command. So God's, is this God's way of trying to keep their priorities straight while the nation is cer- really young? I think it's certainly to keep them focused on what God has done as this is a sign of the covenant. Remember, remember what I've brought you out of. Remember who I've called you to be. Remember this law that I've given you. So this Sabbath rest is a sign that she recognize that. Uh, so, yeah, I wonder if it's, if it's more about that and less about my house first. And rest. <clears throat> what if you, you define rest? It's got to be more than just taking a nap. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. Sabbath means to stop. Right. So that the Lord w- was refreshed is, the, is the, the language we get in creation. As if, uh, I read somewhere last week that as, as if God took a deep breath afterwards. So, uh, if we can get that type of image in our, in our head as we rest, we take a deep breath. So. Yeah, this was good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. All of it's good, so. That was a note. That was a note from Wes Wes McKay. Uh, 
but it, I mean, it's it's so true. I mean, so many times I've asked, been asked, or wanted to do things that I'm like, I just don't know if I could do that. But if I had more faith in what he was asking me to do, I would know that he was going to guide me and allow me to do what he sent me for. My life has been just a story of that over and over again. I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do that. And just a staircase of, I don't know if I can do that, that's led me here. <laughs> so, yeah. So what about We see it in Moses, and mm -hmm. and exa yeah, Exodus three and four when um, when God calls him from the bush, and he says five different times, five different ways, I don't want to do this, and to the point where he gets his brother to come with him as almost as a, a last, you know, fine, I'll get somebody else to do it with you. Moses could have been the the priest. King, the prophet, priest, king, yeah, but he, he gave it to to Aaron. Um, so yeah, God, he he calls Moses, and then he gives him what he needs to do. It. I wonder if Moses thought back when the people came to him saying, "God wants us to be what? And he wants to be what?" Did he remember back to what he said? Yeah. I was thinking about the. Equipping the called and like, you know, that is kind of the, the story, you know, of the Bible. You know, I was just kind of visualizing Israel when they, they're told to come out of Egypt and, you know, Moses tells them, and they're like, well, are we going to have food along the way? Like, you know, and you're kind of like, you know what God would have thought about that? Like, what are you, what are you asking that? I mean, so you think he's going to bring you out so you starve in the wilderness? You don't think God would have thought about that? So I feel like every time I say when the Lord kind of like says you know, gives us kind of a you know, hey, this is what you should be doing, this is what you should do. Well, uh, you think you think my family will be provided for? Hmm. You know what I thought about that? Like, yeah. Like, like, he was like, man, it's going to be really hard to sell our house yeah. if we move. Uh yeah, how could God call us to leave where we're at in this housing market? And do I not think that God has already provided for that? And He has, and He did. And there's just a whole host of those types of things that that we. Uh, I've called you. I mean, clearly, yeah. I'm not going to hang you up to dry. Yeah. At the same time, what we what we perceive as. Uh, equipping may not be the same thing that God uh, sees as equipping. Let me let me give you a little bit more insight there. Even if we for for a year would have had to uh, to pay on our house in Rayville, God, I have faith that God would have provided everything we need to make that happen, as we would have trusted. For that year, if I needed a year's worth of, of of trust, that would have been the equipping that God would have given me. 
to do this. Uh, and the same thing is true for, for, for each of us. You know, just the, prob the problems we, we have or the, the, the things that we want God to take care of in order for us to do something may not be the same things uh, that God is going to take care of in order for us to do the work he's called us to do. long have you been in the country? fills with his spirit those that he sets apart for his work, which is a, you know, at, this, at the core of that is he, he uh, equips the called uh, and doesn't call the equipped. But yeah. at the heart of that first section was that, that God gives his people the ability to do what he needs them to do. got the earthly material really now the resources we have the earthly resources we have is just people you know <laughs> so 
but on our own and in our own strength, you know, we can maybe make an organization function smoothly, uh, but we can't build the kingdom without the Spirit of God. For that specific place. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah, I love how uh, how God describes how His Spirit is manifest in His, in his people during this time and during the, the building of the tabernacle. It's just, it's so powerful yet simple. Ability, which is the same word for wisdom, uh, it's just so remarkable. The ability, intelligence, knowledge, and then just craftsmanship. The ability to, to make things with your hands based on instructions that you've got in your head. Like it's a really, just a, a, a real human characteristic uh, that is attributed to God because He's the one that, that possesses it. And we see that clearly in Proverbs 3 and 8. Uh, that the Spirit of God was the one that, uh, that possesses all these things in creation. And He gives us those same, the same abilities to, to do the work that He's called us to do. Yeah. Well, and just like Billy said, not only does He give you that craft, but I think He gives us joy if it comes from Him that we get joy in that craft mm-hmm. because it's something we love to do. So we're doing the craft, we're doing the work of the Lord, and the Lord even blesses us more by yeah. giving us joy in what we're doing. Yeah, I think of Bezalel and Aholiab, and you know they were kind of the the supervisors, the and the ones that are they're they've got the wisdom to see the gifting in other people, to to put them on a certain task, uh, and in the, even there's we hear later on in the Old Testament of groups of women who are used to to build the or to make the curtains and the fabrics. So there's just a, a whole, a holistic nation putting their abilities together to build this dwelling place. And each, each part taken away is, is not the tabernacle. So all of it is necessary to, to do what the tabernacle needed to do. And all of the people were needed to, to make it. And it's just the grace of God and the mercy of God to, to use, use us be a part of his work. Is it, do you guys resonate with the um, professional ministry versus unprofessional ministry that the, the work of the church isn't, isn't only for the ones who are in the office but is, is for the entirety of the church what do you guys think about that yeah they know what unprofessional ministry looks like yeah yeah <laughs> I like that well different people speak different languages and they yep. the gospel but different ways mm-hmm. and I mean sometimes we're 
well, God, we're in different, I guess you call it, classes of professions. Some people, like the rich business person, will probably listen to a rich business person better than the poor man on the street. So God puts his children in different situations to reach everybody in their class of profession would yep. essentially appear. Because some will listen better to, like, Josh Green. He, he's got baseball players, but he speaks their language, so mm-hmm. he's got a unique feel because oh, yeah. he has more ears of the profession, semi-professional athletes. That's good. There's also a sense of just time and proximity that you've, that, of the place that you, you, you know, whether you work somewhere or whether you, the place that you spend most of your time. And just in the story that I told about the company that I used to work for, the construction company I worked with, those, I, I didn't really speak their language. Uh, <laughs> I, it was good that I didn't speak their language. I talked to one of them on the phone a couple weeks ago, and he's like, man, how is it? I said, man, I hadn't heard the F word in weeks. In weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At this point, it was, it was only weeks. So like, it was good that I didn't necessarily speak their language, but I did have time. I spent a lot of time around them. So I, uh, we were working on the same things. We had a, a similar mission just in our work. Uh, so sometimes just, just the grace of that time being around them gave, gave me opportunities to, to speak life and to, to have good conversations. I guarantee you that some of those men, when they went home and they I wish I could be more like him. Well, I did have, I had a lot of great conversations. Yes, yeah. I was yeah. about to say the I same mean, thing. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. You know, look at that. I agree. Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. Uh, the wedding planner is the one I got in my head, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the guy. Maybe it was uh, Gerard. I think it may have been Gerard Butler. I don't know. But yeah, so I mean, I had conversations with guys. One guy, he's like, "Hey, I notice you don't cuss. A, you don't cuss." Yeah. I was about to say I don't cuss a lot. Uh, and it, but because of that, he knew, and he's like, "So, I know this about you." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna it's, use that language. How hard is it for the person that's weaker than you, that's trying to do? Oh, it was hard for me. It was hard for me to not want to join in and, and feel accepted. So I, I, sometimes it changes their behavior. Like knowing, yeah. I know my staff didn't use certain language when they were with me or in my office or in a, that they did maybe otherwise because they knew I didn't. And so if it can just subtly change people's behavior, maybe it's not across the spectrum, but maybe it's It can. Well, at one time, when it's here, the low built in there, CB2, what it was called, CB2, 
uh, pulled the door open and it caught my toenail and let me, and it was bad. You hear? I had shoes on. And the person at the front right there, somebody else, they were like listening and open, and she said, Jimmy, you can come not to. I'm the leader, we're in a Christian school, but still they wanted to see yep. how it was going to react. Yep. You know? But yep. in the workplace, yep. Christians should be the best workers. Most I agree. It is the Holy Spirit. It, it, I think it's the hardest place. Oh, the hardest oh, place. Oh, to be to be that. It is. But at the you telling them stuff, you yeah. better be living it. Well, the only way I'm supposed to come up here all the time, so I can not say bad words. The only way I survived a lot of yeah. days was I started that day with Lord. I'm working as a I'm working for you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here. I'm angry. Yeah. They've done this this and this and I don't want to do this so I need your grace to do this. Yeah. It's, it's a good it's a good reminder yeah that our our work is uh is our work is an offering to the Lord so that, you know our good work is is work in response of what God's called us to but also in the resource that we have uh, at work with the people in our time uh we, we can't change people so the even even in the way that we speak and act, maybe people will, you know, maybe they, they won't use language around us, but ultimately we remember that it's the Spirit of God that changes hearts. So it's, it's through the message of the gospel that we can, we can tell that ultimately is going to change people. Well, Billy had her turn it right earlier, so I'm going to do my writing again. This thing right here never, ever, ever says, in front of your face. <laughs> I've never heard him say anything. He has heard me say several things. I can't believe it. Isn't that horrible? I can't believe it. That's horrible. That I should be, it should be the other way around. Mm. You need to spend more time with Mama. <laughs> it's not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Kathy. Exactly. And it's Kathy. <laughs> I don't know. I love that. <laughs> you should hear what he tells me behind his back. Yeah. You know what Yeah. Yeah. In that vein of thought, there's that last little point I had under the application was that only God can create in us a place for the Spirit to dwell. Uh, which is the heart of the tabernacle was God's giving them the plan and the ability to build the place where God would dwell. And the same thing is true in, in our day and in, in, in the new covenant with Jesus. Only, only God can make a place for us, in us, that, that he can dwell. So there's, there's a cleansing that can only happen through the work of Jesus. Uh, that <laughs> prepares a place for the spirit to be. Um, yeah, I love that. That ability word is a big deal. Yeah. Ability is a big word, yeah. So, yeah. so we ought to see our our fellow man as a potential place for the Spirit to dwell.
Moving on to the second point, God commands his people to rest in the midst of the work at hand. We've talked about this some already, but uh, I mentioned that I had an illustration about planning a wedding and that the wedding plan and the wedding, the activities of planning a wedding often get in the way of, of remembering what the wedding's actually supposed to be for. I think that's what, what God is, is, is helping Israel see is that, you know, he spent a lot of time talking about these instructions and they're all good and they're all important, but they're for a greater thing. So the instructions and the construction of the tabernacle is not the best thing. It's what's going to happen uh, once it's co- complete that is the best thing, is that God dwells in the land with his people. I think sometimes we can, we can lose the sight of what our purpose is uh, in the daily details, right? Any comments there? I like that you point out in verse 18 that God wrote the law with his own finger, showing that he is the source that mm. is going to be the ultimate fulfillment of the law. It's easy to just see list of rules. And, you know, conversations I've had with various people, they're like, that. I'm like, yes, there's rules in Christianity, but you have to see who's the source of it. God's talent is his rule. It's not like anybody sat down and was like, we're going to make this rule and this rule. No. I think a lot of people get frustrated with Christianity because they they see a lot of things as uh, prohibiting them from experiencing joy when it's actually the opposite it's within it's within these parameters that we actually have joy to the fullest and that these these ditches along the road are really helping us stay stay on the road and 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 keeping these their guardrails that are they're keeping us from from falling off a cliff or something like that Well, sure, that was, man, that is the story of Israel, though. They have everything. I'm telling you. But you can drown them in that trough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't equate the feeling of the Spirit with the inability to sin. 
Yeah. Yeah. And this, this spirit dwelling was for a particular task in a particular time. And the text doesn't really pretend to want to answer that question if, they, if it was something that stayed or, or, or was, was not taken. But uh, so I just, I wonder if that's just not the most important question from the text. But just a good question. So there, there's some spots there where uh, I mentioned different signs of the previous covenant. Uh, since the Sabbath is a sign of this Mosaic covenant, we've had a few covenants previously with Noah and, uh, and with Abraham, and each, each of those covenants having a sign attached to them, something that that they could look at and be reminded of the promise of God. And I really wish I'd have spent more time on this. I think I, the only time I even mentioned it was in the prayer at the very end of the sermon. But this, I felt like, what's, what's the, what would we say is the sign of the new covenant? The cross? Anything? What else? What would be something that we can look at as this is the promise of the work that God has done? That's not what I'm referring to, but I think those are all those are all you know symbols of, of, of the work. The spirit. I think it's the spirit. He, he's yeah. Spirit. Yeah, I think it, I think the Holy Spirit is is tangible evidence of of the work that that uh, God has done through Jesus and the promise to uh, to to bring His people to Himself. It's certainly a sign of that that the gospel has you know, penetrated the heart of, of people in Acts. Where so. yeah. Any other thoughts? 
it's interesting that, you know, this language of for Oholiab and, and Bezalel having the Spirit of God on them and ability and intelligent knowledge is, is some of the same language that is used of Joseph. Mm-hmm. In the Joseph story, that he's filled with the Spirit of God and knowledge and ability and skill to do a particular task, right? Yeah, there's two people prior to Bezalel and Oliab that are said to, uh, I wouldn't say prior, two other people in the Old Testament, um, Joseph and Joshua. So these are, these are leaders set aside to do a particular work, gifted by the Lord to do it. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got David too. That's got the spirit on him. There's what was I? I have to go back and look at what I read. There's something specific about Joshua and Joseph, Joseph uh, as being filled with the spirit. But yeah, because they because the people noticed Daniel saying he has the spirit of of God or God's. But we, yeah, I think the final takeaway from from the Sabbath is to just to remember that no matter what we do without the Lord's work, it's 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 pointless. So we've we've got to rely on God to provide things that we need in order to do the task ahead of us. And ultimately we see that in the provision that God's given us for salvation through Jesus. Uh, you know, the, our whole life before, you know, before the grace of God is spent just either in, is in hostility, but it's also trying to, to earn righteousness. But we can finally rest in, in the in final Sabbath that Jesus has done all the work we need. Yeah, you know, think about Sabbath and just how you know it being a sign of the covenant and how important that is that they keep it. What that says that they don't. You know, remember that story in Numbers where the guys come picking up sticks on the Sabbath day and they take them and they kill them. And because it's that significant that when a person doesn't keep the Sabbath, it's 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 equivalent to like a middle finger to God in some sense, or it's uh, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's like taking off your wedding ring and saying I'm not I'm not married to this person. That's all it takes. <laughs> I suck at that motion. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah, okay, let's not use the marriage example. Go to different marriage examples. It's like, um, I guess it would be more like hiding their wedding ring under certain circumstances. Yeah, maybe so. There's something like that. He's not really, like, he doesn't really, he's not watching me 24 7 or 365. Well, it's really like, see if I pick up sticks on one Sabbath. 
it's more, it's even more hostile. It's more, you know, uh, it's it's more in your face. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's well, it's blatant. It's infidelity. Yeah, it's it's infidelity. It's um, you know, it's it would be like it, I mean, this is terrible. It'd be like going into a funeral with a boombox on your shoulders, and you just don't respect it. You don't respect the event. You don't respect the person. You don't respect the. The desires of the crowd, and you just walk in there, kind of making a scene, and not keeping the Sabbath. Saying, "I don't care about who instituted this. I don't care about who they are. I don't care about what they're like. I'm gonna do what I want." It is, it is, when we are are our own God. When we when we believe that we can provide for our own needs. Anything else? Any other? We'll be back to Pastor West Sunday.